Hello everyone, I hope you're doing well out there, Team NXT. I am CD, Danny Mac, bringing you episode 49 of the Undisputed Future Podcast, and it is an episode I cannot wait to just jump right into. It is a match that has been building and building for weeks in my mind. It's Lars Sullivan taking on Killian Dane, the Beast of Belfast, versus the Leviathan in a no-disqualification match. But this episode of NXT, the April 18th edition, would begin and end with NXT's, or maybe possibly professional wrestling's, happiest couple. Johnny Gargano's music kicks off the show, being accompanied by his wife, Candice LeRae. And Johnny's first time back on NXT television, it is good to be home, and it is good to see him back. Johnny Gargano used to be defined by this rivalry with Tommaso Ciampa, and after 37 minutes of the most intense action he has had in a professional wrestling ring, he is happy to be back home on NXT, and I could not be happier to see him here. And Johnny was wasting very little time calling out the new champion, Aleister Black. Do not forget, Johnny Gargano is the only man to pin Aleister Black on NXT television, so it's a challenge that should be met sooner rather than later. But Candice LeRae has business of her own. The final piece of business between the Garganos and Almas and Zelina Vega. Candice LeRae faces Zelina Vega in tonight's main event, and it was a great episode of NXT from bottom to top, not just highlighted by the Lars versus Killian Dane absolute brutality match, but this was a great way to re-expose Johnny Gargano to the NXT universe and the babyface that we all know and love And he is determined to represent and to be at the top of the brand by taking on the undefeated in singles action, Aleister Black. Let's not forget, Johnny Gargano pinned him in a fatal four-way match. And no disqualification rules, as well as the help of the Undisputed Era, allowed him to do so. But Johnny calling out Aleister Black in a challenge that will be met at a later date. But let's move on here. Killian Dane vows to take everything from Lars Sullivan. Dane is bringing the chaos alone. No Nikki Cross, no Eric Young, and no Alexander Wolf will be accompanying him in this one. And granted, it's a no disqualification match. It's a very interesting move by Killian Dane, but Dane wanted to prove that he can stand on his own without his sanity brethren and crazed sister at his back and in his corner. But if I got resources like Young and Wolf and Cross, I'm going to use them, but this really allowed Killian Dane to stand on his own in singles competition. The guy has been MVP in every multi-man tag team match he has been a part of, in my opinion, these past... Going back to war games, let's just talk about Killian Dane during war games for a second. The absolute MVP of that matchup. So getting the spotlight on Dane in singles action and not as sanity as a group might be a good move for the future of this big man's career. But let's move away from the big man action and talk about Ricochet, the superhero of NXT, as I'm putting it, because, man, look at that entrance, look at the gear, look at the presentation that's being built into the one and only. The guy has star power written all over him, and Ricochet could not have had a better first opponent for his NXT television not takeover debut it's the nxt next level 
Fabian Eichner. Eichner, a hybrid athlete of sorts. He reminds me of an Italian Cesaro and a former Cruiserweight Classic competitor as well, but really making a mark in the heavyweight division. Two guys who just have all the high-flying ability in the world and just a slight power advantage to Fabian Eichner. Again, a clash could not be... It's a not... There's no better suited matchup than Fabian Eichner versus Ricochet. I can't think of anybody on the roster I would have liked to see Ricochet debut against other than men he's already faced in that six-man inaugural North American Championship match. But let's move on to this actual matchup. The power advantage goes to Eichner. The slight speed advantage does go to Ricochet, and it did pay off in this matchup. The guy hit a 619 in the corner. I am a huge Rey Mysterio fan. Seeing that kick once again and displayed by Ricochet, you already got me on the bandwagon, but that just pushed me a little bit further in. Eichner, of course, displaying the talent that we know he's capable of, not his first or last time on NXT television. In fact, I think with all this rebuilding period going on in NXT, the shakeup and the call-ups and so on and so forth, I think Fabian Eichner could really get featured more on NXT television and probably find himself in a big-time story sooner rather than later. But let me talk about Ricochet because he was victorious in this matchup. That 6-1-9 would be followed by a 6-3-0 later in the matchup. And W-O-W is all I have to say about that. Ricochet with a perfect landing and the impact. Eichner also with a perfect landing off the turnbuckle to take this move. Really well executed by both guys. Ricochet takes home a victory on NXT television. He really wants to follow in the footsteps of NXT's best. Caleb Braxton getting a couple minutes with him after the matchup. And he's got the endorsement of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You really can't say enough about Ricochet right now. The guy is on the up and up. And I cannot expect anything less than major things for the one and only. And we had talents of all shapes and sizes debuting on NXT television tonight. The formerly known War Machine, the War Raiders, Hanson and Rowe, taking on JC and Chris, who I might see as a revamp of Deuce and Domino. Shout out if you remember that gimmick. That theme song was tops. But moving on to the War Raiders, just the impact on display and the war absolutely taken to JC and Chris. You really feel bad for these guys a little bit while in. I thought the match was going to be 30 seconds and it was way more punishment than intended. Well, than expected. I'm sure it was fully intended by Hanson and Rowe. Some of the biggest tag team offense I have ever seen and the entire tag team division is on notice. I see these guys going undefeated for a very long time. With the Authors of Pain being called up to Monday Night Raw, I really think the War Raiders take that unstoppable force position in the NXT tag team division, and I really think the guys in Undisputed Era need to watch their back. That's all four of them, and I might as well talk about them now while we got to focus on tag team action. These guys are like a proud fraternity house right now. Roderick Strong getting to walk around with a championship in NXT just looks right. Kyle O'Reilly, I have more of an appreciation for as the days go by. And Adam Cole, I'm really starting to see the big deal with with 
the former ROH champion. All of these guys, such incredible Ring of Honor talents. And Bobby Fish, I really hope, recovers from that knee surgery sooner rather than later. I'm actually just speculating on the surgery part. If somebody could give me a full update on how long Fish is expected to be out, I would appreciate it. But Undisputed Era as a four-man stable does feel right. Roderick Strong as a heel, I cannot wait to see, and I think we'll get an explanation behind his actions in the finals of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Tournament and why he turned on his partner Pete Dunne next week, and Pete Dunne vows to rip Roddy's head off. That's just a quick camera interaction that we got with the Bruiserweight and WWE UK Champion. He will rip Roddy's head off. And Pete Dunne was not playing nice with anybody. You get Roderick Strong as your tag team partner for a little bit. You get the bruiser. You get on the bruiserweight's good side for even a little while. I would have savored that. But Roddy obviously siding with his Ring of Honor brethren in this. I really can't wait to see where this story goes. Does it lead to a first ever American-born UK champion? And if so, which of the Undisputed Era members do you see? Does Adam Cole represent North America and the UK at the same time? Does Roderick Strong get a chance to hold singles gold as well as tag team gold? Does Kyle O'Reilly break out of his tag team shell, even though he is part of the tag team specialist equation in Undisputed Era? And probably the most valuable part of it in this point, especially with Fish out on injury. But give me your thoughts on that one. I want to know all about this Roderick Strong and Pete Dunn rivalry. I thought it was going to sizzle after the Dusty Classic tournament, and I could not be more surprised by that turn by Strong at TakeOver New Orleans. But let's shift away from Undisputed Era for a little bit and talk about another debut or re-debut, a revamped Kona Reeves The strange Hawaiian, as I remember talking about him last, just kind of a creepy, off-putting guy, not a whole lot of friends, kind of shifting away from an outcast gimmick into something completely on the other end of the spectrum, NXT's finest, the finest Kona Reeves. And right now, just based off of one promo video, I'm a little bit worried about it because of the resemblance to a showboaty gimmick like Velveteen Dream. And we all know what Velveteen Dream is capable of. Actually, we don't. The guy is just breaking into his young 20s, and the guy is the future of professional wrestling. You don't have to say anything to me about that. Just agree with me. But Kona Reeves with this finest gimmick, I fear it's a little bit too comparable to Velveteen Dream at this point in time. It was one short little vignette on a guy I've seen in the ring a few times, and I know he can go. He's one of the few men to get offense in on Aleister Black in his first few undefeated singles matches. So Kona Reeves getting a revamp and getting another chance in NXT, I think is very good for another young man's career. But something that isn't good for anybody's career and definitely might have shortened the career of these two big men is a no disqualification match, the match I've been looking forward to for months, and we'll get to it right now. It's Lars Sullivan taking on the Beast of Belfast, Killian Dane. And there was nothing that these two monsters would not do to each other. Power versus power but including a little bit of taking flight action as well. Killian Dane attempting a tope suicida, caught by Lars Sullivan into a vicious suplex on the outside, is just how this match starts. 
Lars would attempt to take flight two in what would arrange to be some incredible outside offense. This match was inside the ring, outside the ring, chairs flying. It was really everything I expected. It was everything I had been looking forward to. These two, it was just one big giant hoss fight. Full Sail really could not have put it better. It was just a rough and tough collision between two of the biggest in NXT, but the ending did kind of surprise me. Even with Sanity getting called up to SmackDown Live, I really expected Killian Dane to be one of the few men to go out of NXT on top, but not in this case. A vicious, two-chair stacked freak accident by Lars would lay out the Beast of Belfast and secure the victory for Sullivan. Definitely a surprise ending in my book, but pushing Lars as the next big force in NXT could be for the best. Let's assume Aleister Black doesn't have a overthrower by later on this year. That gives Lars enough time to be built as one of these big, strong men in NXT that you could really believe defeating Aleister Black one-on-one in singles action. I see Lars as a very credible threat, and this match against Killian Dane solidified that in my book. Once again, bravo to these two guys. Unbelievably entertaining match and everything I had been expected and talking about on this show for weeks and weeks. Just happy to finally witness it and no disqualification and all the blood was just icing on the cake in my book. Alright, before jumping into the main event between the two ladies of Johnny Gargano and Andrade Cien Almas, respectively, Candice LeRae taking on Zelina Vega in Zelina's first and last match, presumably, on NXT television. Let's talk about the new NXT Women's Championship for just a second. Shayna Baszler putting her locker room on notice that there's a new sheriff in town, including the ripping off of Ember Moon's name and inserting a queen of spades in its place, which I think is the most brilliant thing Shayna has done with her character since arriving in NXT. Although the tap, snap, and nap I thought, okay, I'm I'm caving a little bit to Shayna Baszler here, guys. I'm starting to get behind the Queen of Spades as champion. Did not feel it as soon as it happened to take over New Orleans, but this promo tonight was really powerful. An intimidating force, even staring down and intimidating Dakota Kai, a victim of Shayna Baszler's already. Just bringing up that past history really shows the kind of dominance and fear that Shayna wants to instill on this division. Who is going to step up and not be afraid is a really interesting story to tell, and it's simple and to the point, and it's something that just about any two really talented women in this division can work with. So props to that segment. I really think it did a lot of justice to Shayna's very short title reign at this point. But let's shift away. Johnny Gargano's wife, Candice LeRae, makes her NXT television debut against Zelina Vega in what would be Zelina Vega and Andrade Cien Almas's NXT farewell party because Almas and Vega are moving on up to SmackDown Live, which I really don't think would be a better home for them than Monday Night Raw. I really think Almas fits well on both shows, but I think the wrestling show of SmackDown Live is way more suiting for El Idolo 
at this point. I'm going to put a little bit more focus on the Superstar Shakeup next week's episode. It's going to be part of my episode 50 special because presumably Almas or Sanity and a couple of the other people who have been called up might make television debuts. Getting some unceremonious call-ups did Sanity and Andrade Cien Almas. I will also go into much detail and why I think Nikki Cross did not get called up with Sanity. No, I'm not going to wait till next week to do that. I'm going to do that right now. All right, listen up here, folks. Carmella did not get called up with Enzo and Cass. Very true. Great point. Carmella was not ready. Nikki Cross is not going up with Sanity, not because she's not ready. Her situation and Carmella's situation, it's comparing apples and oranges. And I say this as a big Carmella fan. I am from Staten Island. I am doing this show from a chair in Staten Island. I support Carmella a lot, but it's just a matter of fact. Back then, Carmella was not ready, but right now, she's the current SmackDown Women's Champion. Right now, NXT's women's division needs Nikki Cross. That intimidating force In that locker room, on that segment I just mentioned, that needs to be shut down by something crazy like Nikki Cross. Or Cross at least needs to be a wild card and something that Shayna's not going to expect. Maybe she doesn't win the title from Baszler, but maybe she poses a little bit of a threat and shows a little bit of vulnerability in Shayna's title reign so far to this point. I think Cross can stand well on her own. I think she's one of the best female talents WWE has, not just NXT. And in fact, original Sanity member Sawyer Fulton agrees with me. Check out my interview with Sawyer Fulton if you haven't already. Okay, I'm done drifting away from the main point. Let's talk about Mrs. Wrestling taking out Zelina Vega in quite the impressive athletic display by both women. I did not have high hopes for Zelina Vega in the ring. If I could just be very, very forward with you, I did not know of any past experience Vega had in the ring. I know all about Candice LeRae. I know about Candice's past on traveling the road and putting on these incredible intergender matches. Candice has all the talents and displayed it here tonight. That I expected. Zelina Vega was a shock, but a pleasant surprise to say the least. Great matchup between these two. But for the first time ever, we would see a husband and wife dual submission on NXT television. Andrade Cien Almas and Zelina Vega would both be locked in the Gargano escape, the Mr. and Mrs. Gargano escape, and Vega would tap and the last piece of business in Johnny Gargano's evil past of NXT through the DIY t-shirts and the sabotage and going 0 for 3 against Almas, Johnny Gargano finally gets a little bit of redemption in proxy through his wife, Candice LeRae. I thought it was a brilliant ending to that match, but a more brilliant ending to this episode of NXT. We would hear from the new NXT champion, Aleister Black. And he would have an answer for Johnny Gargano's NXT Championship match call-out. We are getting it next week. Aleister Black is the sort of ask-and-you-shall-receive champion. Black versus Gargano. Next week, we see this for the first time ever. I am so excited. Two of my top NXT talents going one-on-one for the title. 
this happens a handful of times. I think the last time it might have happened was Finn Bauer versus Kevin Owens for the championship. What a match for next week. NXT television just keeps on looking more and more stacked. And that's very important considering the superstar shakeup and the call-ups post-WrestleMania. I'm going to get into a little bit more detail on this next week on episode 50 in case there are some televised debuts, but let me just list them out for you. On Monday Night Raw, we had Ember Moon, the former NXT Women's Champion, making her debut. We had the Authors of Pain make their debut, but leave Paul Ellering in the dust. Give me your thoughts on that. I was very shocked and disappointed. Paul Ellering was the force behind Authors of Pain that defined their gimmick. Now they're just two big behemoths walking around in shield gear. That's really not distinguishing them for me as well as Paul Ellering did. But and, but again, any thoughts you may have that disagree or agree with me, feel free to tweet or get at me on any form of social media. No Way Jose, another call up to Monday Night Raw, probably the most unexpected call up in my opinion of the superstar shakeup, but No Way Jose, like Elias, could make waves despite being only on the mid-card level of NXT television. It's entirely possible Jose gets a chance to really shock the system on Monday Night Raw. Eh, shock the system is probably the wrong way to put it, but bring the conga line and bring all the partying up to Raw with you, Jose. I got a lot of faith in that gimmick working on the main roster. Something just, something just gut feeling tells me it's going to go a lot better than Adam Rose did. And of course, we have Drew McIntyre. Yes, the former NXT champion getting called up as one of Dolph Ziggler's hired guns. Couldn't think of a more shocking way to put him, especially considering the unfinished business with Andrade Cien Almas as well, and including the unfinished business for that NXT championship. What kind of schedule is McIntyre going to be running as well as Monday Night Raw? I don't know, but he wants to prove he's a big-time player in WWE, working two brands in the upper mid-card and main event scene on Raw and NXT respectively. I think it could really prove what kind of hard worker Drew McIntyre has developed to be. But let's shift away from the Monday Night Raw roster and call up SmackDown Live, the iconic duo Peyton Royce and Billy Kay making their much-anticipated debut to a main roster women's division, and I think they've been aching to get on SmackDown Live since they were talking to Dan O'Brien up in that skybox. Andrade Cien Almas, as I mentioned it, having a farewell here on NXT. Cannot wait to see what him and Zelina Vega do on the main roster, on SmackDown Live, on the wrestling show. Guys, we have WWE's next big Latino star in Andrade Cien Almas. That won't be the first or last time I mention that piece of information either. And last, but certainly not least, the former NXT Tag Team Champions, Sanity, will be bringing the chaos as well to SmackDown Live, minus Nikki Cross, and you can rewind if you want to get my thoughts on that again, but I'll probably reiterate those points on next week's show, because as much as I hate to admit it, there's just weeks I repeat myself, everybody is prone to error. But the Superstar Shakeup was a success in my viewing. I think SmackDown Live is poised to be the A show once again. Cannot wait to see where that Miz and Daniel Bryan rivalry goes. For all that action on the main roster coverage, you could catch me live tweeting all the time on Mondays and Tuesdays at podcast underscore UF is the Twitter. 
Get at me on that at podcast. Yeah, at podcast underscore UF is Twitter. At Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word is the Instagram. That's what I was shooting for. And you'll catch pictures of NXT. You'll see fan art I appreciate. You'll see pictures of my dog up there once in a while. So get at the Instagram. I'm entertained by it. As well as the WWE Universe should be. Okay, maybe not all you guys. I'm not there quite yet. But it's been a fun week. Thank you for listening to me on any form of podcast media. Your favorite home, whether it be iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, I appreciate any medium you guys can find me on. Thank you for joining me, Team NXT, this week on the Undisputed Future Podcast. This is episode 49, going strong for over a year. I cannot wait to see what episode 50 is going to hold next week. Thank you for joining me on this coverage of the April 18th edition of NXT. Have a great weekend and happy Rusev Day.